The Detroit Tigers kick off the Lou Whitaker weekend slash series, I guess technically it's a Thursday, series with a pretty brutal loss, a, a pretty sloppy and poorly played game. Uh, we have Miguel Cabrera updates. We have some roster stuff to go over. We have Lou Whitaker to talk about. We got a lot to discuss all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday, August 5th, 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, and that is including YouTube. YouTube looking really good. I'm glad we did that. It's a fun little transition there, and the numbers are solid. Okay, Detroit Tigers drop Thursday's game to the Tampa Bay Rays by a score of 6-2, to two, and it's even kind of like a makeshift two because, uh, believe it or not, the Tigers scored zero earned runs in this ballgame. Four errors between the Rays and the Tigers, two apiece. The difference is the Rays had 12 hits, uh, whereas the Tigers had six hits. Slightly different offensive performances there. Uh, the Rays are, are a fascinating team because they are a lot better than their record shows, and it's not a bad record. They're, they're right there in the wild card hunt. Uh, they're, they're in the best division in baseball, and they're right there in the thick of the wild card um, the, the thing is they have a crazy injury bug going around, like to the extent that we do, except all of ours are pitchers and all of theirs are hitters. Like they're all of their best hitters, like all, almost their entire believed to be starting lineup on opening day is on the IL or has missed significant time. If they're finally back now that they've had a, a, a crazy injury bug, bug on the offensive end, uh, and have still put together and, and managed to have a, a, a respectable season, a competitive season, um, and are still, you know, picked up some pieces at the deadline, still going to make a run for uh, for the postseason. The Tigers, on the other hand, as we know, are uh, just plummeting. Uh, it's, it's really rough, and this game was really ugly. I mean, this was... This was a, a, as, as well, I can't even say that. I was going to say as ugly of a, as a, as ugly of a game as you'll see, but I'm not even sure if that's true. I mean, we've seen uglier probably, but it's just it, the stuff that pisses me off is just routine plays or plays that you learn in literally like fundamental stuff. Like, like for instance, in the ninth inning, there's a play at the plate. There's a throw at the plate. It wasn't really a close play. Javi Baez throws the ball to the plate. It gets past Eric Haas. Why is Willie Peralta not backing up catcher? He's just chilling there right in front of the pitcher's mound for who knows what reason. It's your job. Get back there. Back up the catcher. That That's that's the pitcher's job on, on throw in from the outfield. That's like what you do. You know, it's your job. And it's just that kind of stuff. And, and Javi had both errors today. And his total is now, I think, up to 17 which is the most in baseball of anybody at any position. I think he has 18 walks. I think it's 18 walks and 17 errors. 
Golly. So Javi Baez is approaching the territory. Uh, well, I say approaching. For a lot of people, he's probably already there. I think he is in the category of we have to have a legitimate discussion about whether he's like the shortstop going forward. And and he still shows off fantastic range. He still has a great arm. It's just the accuracy it just leaves his body sometimes. He, sometimes he, he, we have no idea where it's going. But, but he does have a good arm. And he does have phenomenal range. And he does have he's an he's athletic like he has the ability to make these great plays and cover a lot of ground and, and be really effective. But I, I mean, 17 errors, golly. So we're we're at a point now where that is a legitimate discussion uh, because he played second base in New York. Right. And, and, and he was solid there. And it wouldn't require as long of throws if a majority of his errors are going to be throwing errors. And currently, for the rest of this year, like you have scope, whatever. There's really no point. Eventually, you're you're not going to have scope. And then looking forward, I think that becomes a legitimate conversation. It's not one we're going to go down the rabbit hole today of of you know possible who's going to play short going forward and and all the possibilities that come with that lovely conversation, but. I think we've officially arrived at the territory of like, this is, I mean, this is brutal, a brutal product to watch. And it's not, it's not just Javi. Like he, he's an easy scapegoat because he's getting paid a lot of money and he's won some gold gloves and like, he, he should be playing better defensively without a doubt in anyone's mind. But like this whole team is an absolute train wreck defensively. I, I mean, the corner outfields are pretty brutal, night in and night out. Jamer Candelario has been well below average defensively uh, on the year. Um, Jonathan Scope is the lone bright spot. He might mess around, and and he's probably the leader for Gold Glove at second base right now. Uh, but he can't hit, so it's it's just. And then like Harold Castro should never be any like serious teams everyday first baseman. Like I'm sorry. He's a great, he's a great clubhouse guy. He's a great person to have on your team. I think he's a fantastic utility player. He does his job every day starting first baseman. Absolutely not. It, it, it's it's unbelievable how how poor I say unbelievable, but at this point it is believable because I watch it every single night. It's ridiculous how poor this team plays defensively, night in and night out. And there's just no fundamentals. And there's just no anything. <laughs> Ball gets hit at you under your glove. Ball gets hit at you again. Don't get in front of it under your glove. Nobody's covering a base. Like, it, it, it's just the same thing, and it, it doesn't ever go away, and it's it's so frustrating. These are professionals getting paid millions of dollars. <laughs> and And we have just stupid, stupid defensive mishaps all the time and and it's not just defensively it's offensively too i mean in the same and i don't mean to just like turn this into a like rag on hobby session because everybody deserves it equally this whole team is a is a train wreck for 26 different reasons not just hobby Baez, but um like on the tag up where he almost hurt himself on the tag up i understand that 
there are certainly a few plays that you're only going to score from third on. But as a whole, man on second two outs and man on third two outs are pretty similar. You're running on contact on at second. Like, I, I'm sorry, but it, it, it's not different enough where I'm really, like, that was a pretty close play at third. And, and on top of that, he almost hurt himself. Like that just, that's an unnecessary like risk in my eyes. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm getting so nitpicky and cause it's August and we're terrible and we consistently are terrible and, and are playing beyond sloppy baseball every single night. And it, it, it's just so blatant. All of the mistakes that this team makes on a night to night basis are so blatant and it's so not enjoyable to watch. And yet here I am. Okay, we'll get into the offense, which there's not a ton to talk about, but we will get into it. Then we'll get into the pitching, uh, which was honestly not very great either. But we'll talk about all of it. We do have some Miguel Cabrera stuff to talk about. We are going to touch on Lou Whitaker as well. We do have some other stuff to talk about, but but golly. First, though, let's talk about something that's, that's a lot less frustrating and makes your life a lot easier. That's Blue Nile Jewelry. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond's shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. If you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. They're available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. So make your moment sparkle with the jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. You can save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured. It ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. You can shop stress-free. Find your forever piece at BlueNile.com today. All right, everybody, welcome back here to segment two at Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Uh, if you hear the rain again for the second night in a row, I apologize, but uh, it's still storming like crazy here in uh, in the metro Detroit area. Okay, so we talked about how poor the defense is and has been all year and continues to be outside of John and the Scope. And now we get to the offense, which is a lot of same story, different night in that regard as well. We had six hits and no walks. So that's a good offensive performance. Um, The fact that this game was relatively close for, I would say, like it was within a two run game for what, six innings, almost seven innings um, is is somewhat of a, a miracle to me, given how how poor. It's it, it just, it's such a, like, unappealing product. Like, visually, it's it's not even, like, enjoyable to watch. Like, there's some teams, like, they're they're bad, but at least you have fun watching them. They, they have some fun players. They have young talent that you can come through. Like, like we're, we're, we have Riley Green, who I, I love watching all, all of his ABs and, and everything. Miguel Cabrera, anytime he gets an at-bat, that's obviously special. But, like... I mean, besides that, I, I 
It's it's just the same thing every night. It's like ramming your head against a wall over and over. I Okay. Anyway. Offensively, uh the at bats were not great. The Rays have this like machine where they just you're gonna see dudes that you've never heard of and they're gonna pump 98 out of the pen and you're not gonna be able to hit them and that's just what they do and they're incredible at it and if their starter can even go five or six innings then it's pretty much over and their offense obviously gets them to a point where they have a lead it's pretty much over um Springs is is uh, an interesting. I mean, six innings, four hits, two two runs, none of them earned, no walks, and six strikeouts. Dang good at they day at the office. His ERA is down to two five. Um, and then yeah, you have just a kind of a murderer's row there of of bullpen arms that they can just go through a whole. I mean, Cash said it himself, a whole stable of arms that throw ninety eight. That's just reality. So that's what happened. And you weren't able to put really any competitive at-bats together, especially, again, as we talked about on yesterday's show, if you just have a good fastball, even an average fastball, to be honest with you, you're going to dominate against this offense. We had zero earned runs. We did not score a single earned run. If errors didn't happen, we would have gotten shut out. I, it, it, it's it's remarkable how we – I don't know if we're just refusing to make adjustments if we're like, oh, no, everything's okay. But you throw a good fastball, you're you're beating the Tigers. That's pretty much all there is to it. This team, God, I, like I, I keep getting hung up on the defense because it's so mind-bogglingly, like mind-bogglingly, I just made up a word, terrible. They have allowed 22 unearned runs since the All-Star break. That's 15 games. You're averaging well over an unearned run a game since the All-Star break. Including 17 unearned runs in an eight-game stretch from July 23rd to 30th. That's via Evan Petzold of the Free. That's that's unbelievable. How are we just... I guess, like, what do you do at this point? Like, now we're at the point post-trade deadline where this is just, we're going to get into the dog days. And it's just going to be, we're, we're going to call some people up. We're going to have some roster moves, but there's really nothing to look forward to. There's there's no light at the end of the tunnel for the season. There's no more big, like, dates to circle. There's no all-star break. There's no trade deadline. There's no, like, September call-ups aren't even a thing anymore. The roster expands by, like, two. It goes from 26 to 28, I think. It's not like you get all, all 40 dudes up here anymore. Like, it's just... It's just going to be the dog days. And then hopefully we call up some prospects and get like Kerry Carpenter should absolutely be on this team at some point this season. And I think sooner rather than later, uh, I expect him up here before September, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think that there's going to be a lot of roster moves over the next three weeks. And uh, I think he's going to be one of them, but it's just such a, a, a visually ugly brand of baseball night in and night out. So, like, there's your offense that there wasn't much to speak of. On the pitching side of things, Drew Hutchinson started. He went six innings, eight hits, four runs, only two of them earned, three walks, and three Ks. Uh, I hate to break it to all of you. <laughs> six innings pitched and under 
three earned runs is a quality start. Good job for Drew Hutchinson. He didn't miss a, a ton of bats. He had three strikeouts. That's that's decent, sure. Um, but he didn't miss very many bats. Six whiffs, all of them on the slider. And didn't get very many called strikes. It was definitely a pitch-to-contact kind of performance, and he got hit pretty hard. But luckily, that uh, even with the two errors, it wasn't as bad as it could have been with eight hits and uh, and 22 balls put in play. The, what analysis left is there for Drew Hutchinson? Again, he consistently, whenever he takes the mound, he's going to put you in a position where you are able to win the game if your offense wakes up in the morning and your bullpen shows up like it has most of the year. And he did that again. Two earned runs in six innings. Even if you want to count the, the four total runs, four runs in six is not a horrid performance. And with a good bullpen, it's going to put you in a position where, where you can strike later in the game and, and potentially get a win. Just not this team. 94 average exit velocity on the night, though. He was getting hit pretty hard and often. Eight hits. High number. But we'll take it. Like like I say, after most, most Drew Hutchinson starts, we'll take it. Alex Lang, one inning, one hit, one run, two walks, three Ks. He struck out the side and had no command. And that's somewhat good and somewhat bad. It's somewhat good because it's a testament to truly how nasty he is, where even when he has zero command, he can still strike out the side. Um, but it's obviously... He had no command. He was, I, I don't know if it's a, and this is something I'm worried about for the last two months of the season because we have had, we have no starters that can consistently go into the fifth or sixth inning. Uh, this bullpen has been used a ridiculous amount, especially since like June 1st. So I'm worried that we're just going to burn all these dudes out and the bullpen is going to implode in the last like two months of the year. Um, and Alex Lang was certainly gripping the ball a little too hard and a little too long on, uh, on Thursday night's game because he was spiking the ball into the dirt. He was spiking it so much. It was bouncing over Haas's shoulder, like wild pitches. Willie Peralta had a wild pitch too. I mean, like I, I, I really am. Seriously worried about the the bullpen for the for the remainder of the season because of just how much usage all of them have had. So that'll be something to keep an eye out for. Will Vest, uh, one inning, clean ball, fine. Nine pitches, nine strikes. Can't get too much better than that. I really like his slider. It's just a matter of whether he can uh, have good enough command to utilize it. His ERA is down to 305, having a great year still. Willie Peralta, one inning, three hits, one run, no walks, no Ks. Uh, his command was also all over the place. And that's a couple outings in a row that we've said that about him. Um, and he is back now, which is good. My couple outings was dating before his most recent stint on the IL. We were talking about his command kind of being uh, kind of wavering. So now he's back. And, and I liked using him there because you got to – the game's pretty much lost. You know, your offense isn't scoring late. You don't want to go to Soto. Um, and it's a kind of a lower leverage situation where you can get him an inning to kind of get his feet back under him after a, an IL stint. So I like going to him there just very much the same problems that were persisting right before he got put on the IL as well. When we kind of started realizing something might be up. 
Okay, uh, we're gonna. I think that's it for the game. We're gonna talk about Miggy and Lou Whitaker. I'm done talking about this this ridiculous game that was played on Thursday. First, though, I gotta tell you all about our friends over at BetOnline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league: Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. BetOnline. Dot net continues to be the top online resource for all your sporting wagering information, live in-game betting, scores, podcasts. They have you covered with it all. So head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, everybody. Welcome back to segment three, our third and final segment here at Locked On Tigers. Um, okay. Let's talk about Miguel Cabrera first. We'll go on a kind of a sour note, and then we'll end on a sweet note. So, Miggy, for the remainder of this homestand, is going to be playing every other game. And the reason for that, he is citing his knee and his right knee that has been a problem for him and a problem staying healthy, I mean, what, since 2016, 15? For like seven years now, that right knee has been a massive problem for him and uh, has really hindered him from ever getting back to his true greatness that, that we saw in the uh, in the earlier part of the decade. So that's sad. It's sad. And uh, we're not going to do like a like a big, long thing because we, we don't know his future and we don't want to we don't want to jump the gun. We don't want to talk about something as if. Uh, it's for sure because um, his exact quote was, I need to talk to Al Avila. He needs to talk to his teammates, his coaches, Al Avila, and everyone was the quote. That's slightly paraphrased, but pretty much he just listed off everybody he needs to talk to and ended it with, I need to talk to everybody. So I will say this. It, will be, it would be unbelievably on brand for this season and how poor it's gone. For Because we were all told by Miggy himself and his agent and beat writers and the team that next year was going to be his last year. And he was going to, you know, we'd do like the farewell tour thing and, and whatever. It would be so on brand if he had to just like cut his career a year early because he just physically couldn't do it anymore. It'd be so on brand with how this just terrible season has gone and it's really sad and I, I I hope first and foremost more than anything I hope that he does whatever he has to do to be healthy you don't want to do something that's going to make you have chronic knee pain for the rest of your life or chronic knee problems for the rest of your life you've accomplished a lot in this game you were a first ballot hall of famer you mean you're going to get a statue at Comerica Park. You're going to have your number retired at Comerica Park. I don't think we're winning a ring next year. So you're not missing out on like a chance to win a ring as a Tiger. Um, I, I truly, truly do hope that he just does whatever is best for him and his body. Now, selfishly, I know, obviously, I would like to see him get a true send-off and a true farewell tour. Um. Don't believe the 
oh, the Tigers can't compete until Miguel Cabrera's contract is off the books. Don't believe that. That's not true. That's never been true. Has never and will never be true. Go look up how wealthy the Illich family is. It's not true. Um, so I, I, I truly do hope that, that he does whatever he has to do to make sure that he's healthy. Um, if this is the final ride, then I'm sure we'll know about it ahead of time because they're going to want to sell tickets and seats and go catch Miggy's last series against this team and his last home stand and all that. Um, I, I don't think it'll be a secret unless Miggy wants it to be a secret and he doesn't tell anybody. Um, but the plan as it stands currently is still for him to play next season. Um, but like I said, said he has to talk to a lot of people. So that's the Miguel Cabrera update. Like I said, for this homestand, he'll be playing every other game. And then he will get reevaluated, apparently, at the end of the homestand. So we should have a more broad... Well, actually, that's the opposite of what I meant to say. A, a more specific update. I meant the exact opposite of the word that came out of my mouth. I'm not sure what that was about. Uh, we should have a, a, a much better update. And uh, a much more finite update at the end of the homestand here. This weekend, we don't record on weekends. We don't record. Uh, you do not get an episode on Saturday or Sunday. So this is the last episode before Lou Whitaker gets his number enshrined at Comerica Park. No tiger will ever wear the number one ever again. Um, that's awesome. It's awesome. It's unbelievably deserved. Lou Whitaker is one of my favorite athletes of all time. And I never watched a single game of his because I, I was too young, right? I was born in the late 90s. Um, so I, I never got to watch him play. But I have like DVD sets of the 80s Tigers and then like full games on DVD and like the whole playoff run in 84, every single game like full game of the entire series. And that one, um, I, I, and so I, I grew up not live, but indirectly watching Lou Whitaker a lot and, and seeing him at back at the ballpark. And, and he's just such a cool guy. What a cool dude, you know, hearing all of his, his stories and, and just hearing him talk about what it means to, to him to get his number retired and, it's next to Trammel, and it, it's just so cool. It's so cool and so deserved. And we got we got to get something else right. As a community, we have to right a, a, one of the biggest wrongs in the history of baseball, and that is Lou Whitaker not being in the Hall of Fame. It's, it's criminal, and it's wrong, and it's objectively wrong. No matter how you slice it, you want to go accolades. He has plenty of accolades. He has a ring. He's got plenty of, of, of personal accolades to go along with that. You, you, and, and was part of one of the most dominant teams of the 1980s. You want to talk about legacy left on the game. He is part of maybe the most famous, probably second most famous double play duo in the history of Major League Baseball. The most double plays turned. Tram and Lou. You want to go based on statistics, just pure stats. Depending on what website you use, Lou Whitaker has more career war 
than Alan Trammell. And no matter what website you use, he has comfortably way more than Jack Morris. Both Hall of Famers. He deserves to be in Cooperstown. He is one of the highest career war players to not be in Cooperstown. Outside of, you know, like the Barry Bonds and, and the, the Shillings and, and everything. Like the dudes that have off-the-field reasons why they're not in the Hall of Fame. If you want to just talk pure snubs, dudes that that have no like controversy around them and no like stigma about like why they they are or aren't in the Hall of Fame. If you just look at career war, he is one of the highest on that list. He is one of the best second basemen in the history of the game of baseball. He is half of possibly the best double play combo in the history of baseball. And he was part of one of the wire-to-wire champion in 1984. I'm not really sure what we're doing here. It infuriates me that he's not in. Um, I have no idea how Alan Trammell is is in the Hall of Fame and Lou Whitaker isn't. And I understand Tram's peak was higher and, and you know, he got MVP, whatever, runner-up or third place for MVP the one year. And um, his his peak was, was that that was higher than, than Lou. But uh, Lou was a borderline or, or low-end all-star for the entirety of his career. And like I said, actually has more war than Tram on several websites. Should be in the Hall of Fame. It's not even really a question. He should be in the Hall of Fame. And it's sad that he didn't get to go in with Tram. That would have been a really cool moment. But they messed it up. Now, he is on the, I call it the second chance ballot, but the Veterans Committee ballot um, will uh, will put him back on at some point. I'm not sure if that's been announced yet. If it has, don't kill me. Um, but I, I know that they announce it every year, and they announce who's going to be on the ballot every year, and it changes. It's kind of a rotation thing. Um, and he's been on before and hasn't got in, but he can still get on again. So hopefully here's to hoping that Lou Whitaker can be in the hall of fame, but let's enjoy this weekend. Give him the, the love and attention that he very so much deserves. One of the greatest Detroit Tigers of all time. Uh, one of the greatest second baseman period of all time. And, uh, Lou sweet Lou, baby. Very much deserved. Cannot wait for Saturday. It's going to be a really cool moment. I hope there's a decent crowd. I know that the team is not good, but Lou deserves Lou deserves a crowd, you know. Okay. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Locked on MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. That'll do it for me this week. We will be back on Monday, hopefully recapping some wins this weekend and a nice little ceremony on Saturday. If not, we'll be here anyway. Same time, same place. You know the drill. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope, and I will catch y'all on Monday. Go Tigers, baby.